Today is actually week three of Anchored Soul. Uh, this has been a series that the Lord really put into my heart a couple of months ago. I read a passage out of Hebrews that stirred something up inside of me. It says, this hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor. Everybody say anchor. That's right, say it again loud. Talk to your neighbor, talk to your wife, your kids say anchor. Anchor for what? Anchor for your soul. That we as Christians, we don't have to drift. <laughs> Aren't you glad? that regardless of the chaos in society, regardless of the uncertainty with schools and work and the economy, that I don't have to drift, I don't have to be lost at sea. No, God can be an anchor for my soul. And that's really where this series was birthed out of, that God, how do we have anchors? Because as a Christian, there ought to be some things that we can do that will help us to be steady in the middle of a storm. I'm not saying you won't feel the effects of the wind. I'm not saying you won't feel the effects of the waves. But what I am saying is I don't have to drift. I don't have to get lost. And so there are some things in our life that we can anchor our souls to God. And so that's the heartbeat of this series. And we have been in a passage of Scripture, 2 Chronicles chapter 20, uh, and really, it's been the story of Jehoshaphat. Uh, he is the king over the nation of Judah. And what we see in the passage, and one of the things we've been studying throughout, is that Jehoshaphat actually loves God. Uh, but they have been actually invaded and are being invaded by multiple enemies. And those enemies are coming up against him and they are coming to attack Judah and they're trying to destroy Judah. And we know that Jehoshaphat, who was a good king, who pursued God, loved God and led the people to God, he does some things different, that their nation is in a crisis and there are some things that he did that allowed the nation of God to not only weather the crisis, but defeat the enemy that came against them. And so I want to I want to lean in today and I want to I, I want to if, if I were to title the message, it would be where is your focus? Where's your focus? We pick up a story, Jehoshaphat, what he did. He, he, when he heard of the nation invading, he begins to pursue God, lean into God, pray. He actually calls the whole nation to a time of prayer and fasting. And that's where we actually pick up this morning. It's at the end of his prayer. Look at what he's saying. He's saying, oh, our God, won't you stop them? Won't you stop who? Stop the enemy. We are powerless. Now, how many of you have ever felt powerless? I mean, maybe you feel powerless right now. You're so used to being in control of your schedules. You're so used to being in control of your life. So used to just being in control in general. And now you've lost all control. Nothing that you used to have control of is, is available to you in the way you had it before. And so you've lost control. You feel powerless. Look, it says against the mighty army that's about to attack us. We do not know what to do, but we're looking to you for help. That we are looking to you, oh God. That we are looking for you to help us. And week one, we talked about what to do when you don't know what to do. 
And one of the things we said is you got to fight fear. The second thing is you got to lean into God. You got to pursue God, spending time in prayer and fasting. You know, prayer is not a last resort. It's our first response. It's not something we do like, uh-oh, I've done this and I've done that and I've done this. And oh, okay, God, you're a last resort. No, no, it's the first resort. What we see in Jehoshaphat is he could have done a lot of things, but he leaned into God. That was his first response. And then look at what happens. As all the men of Judah stood before the Lord. So they were in God's presence. They're in the right place to hear from God. It says, look, the Spirit of the Lord came upon one of the men standing there, and he said, listen, all of you people of Judah and Jerusalem, listen, King Jehoshaphat, this is what the Lord says. So now God's going to use a man. He's going to begin to speak through this man and tell the people something from him. He says, don't be afraid. If I could tell you something right now. Look, kids are going back to school just a week, some this week, some next week. Don't be afraid. Look, God's got your kids. Maybe your job is uncertain. You have a job now, but you're not sure about the future. Look, don't, don't, don't be afraid. And then look, don't be discouraged by this mighty army. So it doesn't matter how big the army is. Don't be discouraged. It says, for the battle is not yours, but God's. What an amazing word right there. The battle's not mine. The battle belongs to the Lord. We say often, look, we don't fight for victory. We fight from victory. What's that mean? God, you're in control. And then he gives them a command. This is what he says. Tomorrow, I want you to march out against them. You will find them coming out through the ascent of Ziz at the end of the valley that opens into the wilderness of Jeruel. He says, but you will not even need to fight. And what a powerful word, a sweatless victory. I need you to go out, but you're not going to have to draw a sword. You're not going to have to go out and fight in combat with this enemy. He says, take your positions. Everybody say position. Come on, you, you didn't say it. Come on, I, I know when you say it. Say position. Yeah, so I'm going to take my position. And then he says, then stand still and watch the Lord's victory. He's with you, O people of Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid or discouraged. Go out against them tomorrow, for the Lord is with you. So that's the word of the Lord to Jehoshaphat and to Judah. And then look at what happened. It says, Then King Jehoshaphat bowed low with his face to the ground, and all the people of Judah and Jerusalem did the same, worshiping the Lord. So God, I'm seeking you. God, I'm pursuing you. He speaks to the nation. He speaks to the king. They begin to worship. And then look, it says, Then the Levites from the clans of Korath and Korah stood up to praise the Lord, the God of Israel, with a very loud shout early in the next morning. So I'm going to worship. I'm going to praise. And then the next day, so I've given God a shout of praise. How I many know worship is a weapon? And so here they've done that. The next morning, it says the army of Judah went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. And, and what we know from this is they go out, the Lord defeats the enemy, and then we see them experience a miracle on behalf of God, that he moves in a powerful way, in a mighty way. But one of the things I want to look at here is when you see Jehoshaphat, he's out there calling out to God. He's praying. He's fasting. He did not move until God spoke. And so if we're going to be anchored, what we've got to do is make sure we don't move until God speaks. 
that we don't get out ahead of God. You know, I, I, I could just imagine this story. One of the things when I read the Bible, I love to just imagine all the things that it doesn't say, but you know that was happening. I mean, can you imagine, here you have a king, King Jehoshaphat, very success, successful, very wealthy, has an army. The challenge is he's got multiple armies coming up against him. And can you imagine the response that he has and how it might bring some doubt and some questions from his military leaders. <laughs> you know what I mean? The ones that are like, hey, we know how to fight and we don't fight through prayer and we don't fight through fasting. You know how we fight? We go draw some swords. We go take some defensive positions. Jehoshaphat, you got to get us in position. Otherwise, this enemy is going to destroy us. And what Jehoshaphat understood was, listen, we're not big enough. We're not smart enough. We're not good enough. We're not great enough to beat this army. And so if we go out in our own strength, we're going to be defeated for sure. And so he recognized that though other people might be tempting him to take a move and a chance and to go find some defensive positions. He says, look, I'm not going anywhere until God speaks, until God speaks. Like, I'm not going to move. I'm not going anywhere. And I think sometimes for us in the middle of a storm, it's easy for us to move like, hey, I think I ought to go do this. I think I ought to go do that. What if, what if I went over here and does that really matter? And someone will say, well, pastor, I'm a little confused. What should I do? This is what I always say. Do the last thing you heard the Lord speak to you to do. Like, don't move. Don't go anywhere. Don't, don't get out of position. Remember we read that, that, that word position. Don't, don't get out of position. I'm, I'm going to stay in position for what God spoke for my life. I think the enemy wins a lot of battles, not because he's greater than God, not because of anything other than we got out of position before God spoke. We got ahead of God. The Bible is full of passages that speak to us about how God fights our battles and he gives us strength when we wait on him. Look at what Isaiah says. He says, since the ancient times, no one has heard, no ear has perceived, no eye has seen any God besides you. So he's glorifying God. God, you're a big God. You're an amazing God. But look at what it says, who acts on behalf of those who wait. Everybody say wait. So what do, you, what do you mean? He waits. So, so God's going to move for those who wait for him. Look at what the, the, the next passage, Isaiah 40, 31 says, but they who wait, everybody say wait. Look, so they wait for the Lord, shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Look at what the psalmist says. I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and he heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud, out of the mire. He set my feet on a rock. He gave me a firm place to stand. So all of these are talking about what? They're talking about waiting. See, I think that waiting on God exposes your idols. <laughs> let, 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 Pastor, I, I don't understand. Like, I don't worship an idol. I don't, I don't have any idols that I'm bowing down to or a statue. No, no. But an idol is something that is in place of God or before God. It's, it's what we put in front of God. God, I put it in your place. I put it before you. That's what idols are. And think about this. I wonder if some of us have moved 
out of position because we cared more about what other people thought of us than we thought about God. God, God, I care about you. I don't care what. See, you were trying to save your reputation, not God's. You say, well, God, I can't believe this business deal didn't happen the way I thought. And God's like, well, I never told you to do that. If you would have waited, I had some things working behind the scenes. Think about comfort. I think that sometimes comfort can become an idol. God, it is uncomfortable to wait on you. And so when we put comfort before God, that becomes an idol in our own lives. I think some of us put our own strength before God. I think some of us put our own ability before God. We're like, God, I got it figured out. And God's like, I know. But if you go that way, there is a way, the Bible says, that seems right unto man, but the end leads to death. So do you want your wisdom or do you want God's wisdom? God's wisdom comes when we wait. I think some people care about it, what everybody's advice is. Like, I'm, I'm going to ask your advice. I want you, you know, what, what do you think? Look, God didn't ask you to get everybody's advice on that situation. When he's, he's got you there in a position that's in a posture of waiting, he wants you dependent on him. It don't matter about what everybody else says. It doesn't matter about their opinions or their ideas. If they were good, their life would be better, but they're in a mess. And yet we turn to those people. So you just care about what everyone else thinks. And so it matters to you. <laughs> but you know what they say about opinions. You, you, I mean, everybody's got one, right? So do I want someone's opinion or do I want God to move on my behalf? And you got to recognize, look, waiting is hard. I love the Peter Marshall. He, he wrote this quote. It says, teach us, O Lord, the disciplines of patience. The discipline of patience. Look, if it came naturally, everybody would be patient. But we live in a world, fast food, instant downloads. There, there is nothing patient about our society or our world. And sometimes we get to God, we want to microwave Christianity. We want to microwave God. He don't work like that. God is never early, but he's never late. He is just right on time. And then look, I, I think this speaks to me for, 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 for to wait is often harder than to work. See, I'm good at making it happen on my own. I'm good at making things push forward, but I don't need my strength or my wisdom. There's, there's an enemy that's come against my life and God is the only one that will bring victory in my life. And I just want to encourage you, wait patiently. For the Lord. Now, I think the second way to anchor our souls is we got to learn to tune out the competing voices in your life. And I alluded to it earlier when talking about people saying their opinion, people giving you advice. And, but it's not just people. Listen, there are a lot of voices that are competing for our life. They tell us what to do and how to dress and where to go and how to act. And what we've got to do is if we're going to anchor our soul, we've got to learn to tune them out. We've got to learn to say, no, 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 I'm not going to listen to this voice or that voice or your opinion or what society says is cool and great. God, I have got to listen to one voice and that's your voice. So God, help me to tune them out of my life. In December last year, Phyllis and I went up to Seattle and it was a great time of refreshing. We hung out with a mentor of ours. It was a couple and really talking about this new year and the building and what God was doing and how we were looking to purchase it. And it's where I got the idea of the series moving forward. 
And so he spoke into my life and we're headed to the airport, sitting at the gate. And I wanted to spend some time with God because I got all these thoughts processing in my mind. So I'm reading my Bible. I'm praying. I'm saying, God, I just I need to hear your voice. And we're sitting at the gate at the airport. And you know how distracting it is. You got the gate attendant, next flight. They're all over the intercom and you, everybody's loud. We had a couple that just for the love. Why does that obnoxious couple have to sit right next to me? I mean, if you're the obnoxious couple, so you're sitting next to him and I'm like, man, I just, Phyllis was here, she's reading her Bible and I'm studying, I'm thinking, and I just couldn't hear from God. Then all of a sudden, I remembered. I had something in my pocket. I pulled out these Apple iPod Pros. I had just bought them. And I'm like, man, these are amazing because when you put them in your ear, you actually just push a button and there is a noise cancellation feature that drowns out all the noise. The noise doesn't stop. Look, that couple sitting next to us, they didn't stop talking. That intercom didn't stop going. But what happened was I was able to cancel out the noise. I was able to tune them out. And I'll tell you, in that airport is where I got a lot of ideas for this whole series moving forward and what God did in our church. But I, I was able to tune it out. I wonder if some of you are in life right now and you're like, God, I want to listen to you. You're in the right place. You're in the right posture. But you've got all these voices that are competing for your time, for your energy. They're wanting to speak into you, tell you how to act, how to live. And you've got to learn to tune them out. That is what I love about 21 days of prayer and fasting. That this is a time for us to say, God, I need you. God, I'm desperate for you, but I'm not just going to get in position. I'm going to drown out the noise. And that's where fasting comes in. We say, God, I, I don't want to watch TV every night. I don't want to listen to news. How many know, man, you listen to news little after little, night after night. You start to have that stuff feed your spirit. You just got to say, I got to get that noise out of my Life, And so we say no to some things. Some of you need to say no to social media. You love God, you're pursuing God, but you're doing what you see everybody else is doing. You're watching, you're allowing the, the pressure, the social pressure to speak to you on how to act and how to behave. Listen, you're in a battle. You're walking through a fight and this is a moment now more than ever. You say, God, I got to hear you clearly. God, I need a word. God, I got to hear your voice speak to me. So you got to tune out all of the voices. And just like Jehoshaphat, he said, God, I got to hear from you. He, he gets a word from God. And then once he gets a word, look at what happens. He begins to move forward. This is a season for us to move forward. He says, on the way. Say, on the way. Come on, say it, say it loud. Say, on the way. Come on, touch your, touch your children. Touch your, your wife or your husband. Say, on the way. Say, we're moving forward. They're so moving forward. Jehoshaphat stopped and said, Listen to me. So this is the passage we talked about last week. This is the passage we grabbed a hold of. It says, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem, believe in the Lord your God and you will be able to stand firm. Then after consulting the people, the king appointed singers. Look at what he says. They're now singing. They're praising God. Think about this. They're walking forward. They're moving forward. And they're going ahead towards the army that is coming against them. And they're singing to the Lord and praising him for his holy splendor. This is what they sang. Give thanks to the Lord 
for his faithful love endures forever. I think some of you have been moving forward. You heard from God. You got a word from God. You were in position. You were postured correctly. And you're like, Pastor, something's not working. I don't know what to do. I want to propose, if you don't get anything out of today that you get this, it is your praise and your worship that will begin to bring the victory to your life. That as you praise God, what happens is you begin to focus on God that you no longer focus on yourself or your circumstance or your situation, but you say, God, I praise you. Well, pastor, I would praise God if I could pay my bills. No, baby, you don't praise God when you get the money to pay your bills. You praise God before you got the money. Before, when you're in need, you say, God, I don't look at what I don't have. I don't look at the provision around me. I look at you and you are the God of provision. Praise begins to go forth. Think about what happened with Jehoshaphat. Here they are, they're praising God before the victory. Before the victory. Before the victory. So, so I, I want to propose this. Some of you are sick right now, physically sick in your body, and you felt the Lord speak to you. God's going to heal you. Isaiah 53, 5. You're standing on His Word, and the challenge is you're waiting for the healing to praise Him. I want you to know, praise Him before the healing ever comes, because what we know is your focus determines your direction. So if you focus on your problem, if you focus on yourself and what you don't have, that's going to determine the direction of your life. But if I focus on God, God, I worship you. God, I praise you. God, I love you. God, you are the one that has moved and fought this battle on my behalf. You gave me a word and I stand on your word that in this moment, the things of this world cannot supersede the things of heaven. And I want you to know what's going to happen. This is what I believe I came to tell you today is that just as Jehoshaphat says at the very moment, think about that. The moment of what? The moment they started moving forward, the moment they started going towards the enemy. No, no, no. That's what we said. See, they began to march. They began to move forward. And, and I think this is the key. This is the linchpin for many of you. This is that thing that you've been missing. It says at the moment, not that they marched, the moment, not that they moved forward, the moment they began to sing, sing, began to praise God. The Lord caused the army of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir to start fighting among themselves. They began attacking each other. Not a single one of the enemy escaped. Again, it wasn't when they moved forward. It wasn't when they started marching. It wasn't when they began the obedience. It was beginning when they sang. And I would say like this, when you choose to praise God in the middle of the battle, he fights on your behalf. Some of you have been fighting battles on your own. Some of you have been fighting battles on your own strength, your own, your own power, your own might. And I want you to know, some of you need to break out in a crazy praise. That's what I love about 21 days of prayer and fasting. We come up to this place and we sing and we worship and we do battle. Worship is a weapon. And it brings glory to God. Why does it bring glory to God? Well, because it shows God, I trust you. God, I praise you. God, I believe in you. Even when I don't see it, I believe it. Even when I can't feel it, I believe it. I know that your word will never pass away without being unfulfilled. Look at what he says in Psalms. He who offers praise glorifies me. 
I wonder how many of us have been glorifying God through the battle, getting in position. and pot- I, I know we're in uncertain times, but here's what I also know. I may not know what tomorrow holds, but I know the God that holds tomorrow. I know that he's got me in his hands. I know that he has called me. He has chosen me. And I want to say this to you. He has called you. He has chosen you. He is fighting on your behalf. The only thing we need to do now is release the praise, release uh, the, the weapon of God, the worship in our heart so that God is unlocked and begins to fight on our behalf. Look at what the psalmist says. I called on the Lord who is worthy of praise. He's worthy of praise. He's worthy of praise. And He saved me from my enemies. Begin to praise Him. Begin to worship. I I know, man, from my own life, I was thinking through this, there's, there's really a couple of times in my life where worship has absolutely altered the direction of where my life has gone, where God has been unlocked and unleashed to fight on my behalf. And I was thinking even recently, even with the acquisition of our new campus, Praise God. Uh, If you don't know, if you're brand new to Anchor Bend, April 20th, just a couple of months ago, you purchased a brand new campus. This campus is for you. This campus is for your children. This campus is for this community. This campus is for the loss that God's going to bring into this house. And it was a miracle. I'll never forget just the the word the Lord spoke to us about. This is the year for us to take property in a building. And when times got tough, I'd go to the Lord. God, I'm not sure. I'll never forget one time I was very uncertain. And I just said, God, what are you sure this is what, what we're supposed to do? And he gave me this passage, Jeremiah 32, 27. It says, I am the Lord. Is there anything too hard for me? I'll never forget, I was walking in Saturday morning prayer and I had all this doubt and I just, I was fighting it in my head, but I'm speaking faith and the Lord dropped this word in my heart, a word of security, a word of, hey, I got you, a word of you step forward, you move forward. But how many know from the time you get the word to the fulfillment of the promise, there's a whole lot of time the enemy wants to attack you, attack your mind, attack your heart, attack every area of your life. The devil don't want you to take possession of God's promise. And throughout the process, I could just remember there were four or five times where I told Phyllis, I said, and, and I didn't tell anybody else. I said, baby, I don't know if we're going to get it. I, one time, uh, uh, there's one time specifically, I'm like, God, I, maybe, maybe I heard wrong. I'm I'm human. And I'll never forget, I went over to the building, the property. It's the old tractor supply property off 2218. And I just played praise and worship. And I said, God, if this is you, I'm going to go ahead and praise you in advance. I'm going to worship you. We can't do it. I can't do it. This church can't do it. Like, like I, I, I know that you brought people in, and, but God, it's going to take a miracle from you. And God, I have a word. And we're moving forward. That's our whole slogan. It's moving forward. But it was in the moment of worship. I never forget. I just, I left that place having worshiped God and prayed. Something broke off my heart. Something broke off my life. And I just felt like, okay, God, we're doing it, Lord, I, and you, it's your battle. All I got to do is just get in position. I'm not, I'm not going to disqualify myself. I'm going to sing. I'm going to worship. And I'd, every time fear began to try to plague my heart, I'd go back to Waymaker. 
I'd go back to the songs that were just, God, I know you're the way maker. That God, you do what is impossible. And I think some of you right now, you're in that position. God, I'm moving forward. I got a word from you. 2020, you gave us a word. You know how at the beginning of the year, God, give me a word. And you got a word. You got a scripture. You got a scripture. And yet you found yourself still paralyzed, wondering where's God. I wonder if we begin to worship. I wonder if you begin to praise, if you begin to thank him right where you're at throughout the week, anytime what God is doing behind the scenes would blow your mind. I think many times we just, we're the ones that stop what God wants to do. And praise is a way to unlock it.